Hi, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Southern Fried Podcast. I'm Rex Nelson, senior editor of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette, and who I call our regular analyst on all things Arkansas, Skip Rutherford, Dean Emeritus of the Clinton School of Public Service, back with us. I say regular, but Skip, it dawned on me. We've had a lot of other guests in. I hadn't had you on since last year, actually. Here we are now. Uh, A lot has happened. A new governor has more than 100 days under her belt now. We've had a, um, I guess the best word is an interesting legislative session. A whole lot has happened in the first four months of 2023. Well, you're right, Rex. Uh, Thanks for having me. Uh, As far as the uh, legislative session goes, Sarah Huckabee Sanders, by by her standards, three major initiatives, all passed, education, tax cuts, prisons, uh, all done. Uh, Now, the legislative success is evident. The policy success, we'll need to wait and see. Absolutely. And I, I want to get into that some. It was a very contentious session. Now, as we had predicted going in, of course, the governor got it got what she wanted as far as out of the session. We knew that. You'd already had a a Senate leader, for instance, basically say the governor gets everything the governor wants, which was kind of unprecedented in my many years of watching the Arkansas legislature spar with governors, even if it was governors from the majority's own party. Uh, so we knew that going in, and, and the proof now is going to be in the pudding, so to speak, in the implementation. But back to the session itself, um, I thought that the really, really dangerous part came in the first month and a half because the governor's office was not ready coming out of the gate. It took more than six weeks before the education bill was even dropped, and then it it passed very quickly. But basically, you had a vacuum out there for six weeks, and as we know, some weird things can fill a vacuum when you leave it, Skip, and that's when we saw all the culture wars that so divided people was mainly during that first six weeks of the legislature. No, you're exactly right. Uh, That is exactly what happened. She... uh she was working hard, I believe, to try to put this massive education program together. She wasn't ready at the start of the session. Uh, and what we did see was all these bills uh, that were related to culture that unfortunately uh, dominated the debate, uh, brought, again, national press uh, stature to Arkansas mm-hmm. on, on this you know, the culture wars. But it was interesting, Rex, as you look at this session, as you study it, and I know the governor, you know, just had her 100-day celebration and, and was pleased with it and, and deserves to take a victory lap uh, in terms of her achievements. And refused to take actual questions from the media I, at the I, end of it. But I, I, was gonna, I digress. I was going to get there and, 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 and raise the issues of the traveling trumpets. But, yeah. but I, I would say this, that one of the most interesting aspects of this session, and this is not my phrase someone told this to me said this was called the sins of the father session because basically what sarah huckabee sanders did not in an ugly way but she really just 
reversed the policies of her dad. Absolutely. In education, where, where, where the achievement, where one of the achievements was a crowning achievement of saving the Elaine. Uh, 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 Living up to Lakeview when we got the Lakeview yeah. ruling that came down from the Arkansas she, Supreme Court in November saved, of She saved Elaine and Marvel. Under 350, Mike Huckabee consolidated it. Um, on the on the tax cuts, Mike Huckabee made some tax cuts, but he also raised some taxes. And we'll talk about the one of the best he raised or helped raise was was the one eight cent for parts. Amendment seventy five, exactly. But, but the interesting thing is that the Cato Institute gave Mike Huckabee an F on on taxes, and Sarah Huckabee has Sarah Huckabee Sanders has literally, and then you get into prisons. And, and it's interesting, Rex, Mike Huckabee pardoned or commuted twice the number of prisoners that Bill Clinton, Frank White, and Jim Guy Tucker did combined. Mm-hmm. And here we've got tougher prison sentences. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like, as someone said, well... It's the sins of the father. <laughs> interesting, interesting way to put it as somebody who who lived through all of that. Uh, let, let, let me focus in and we'll break down each of these areas. Uh, first of all, education. And there are certainly in what became known as the LEARNS Act, uh, one thing uh, Governor Sanders has in common with her father is they both love acronyms. So uh, <laughs> in the uh, in the Learns Act, uh, there is plenty in there that I can support. I think, Skip, that once we try to implement that the downfall there is going to be having put everything in one bill. There are some things that are going to be challenged in the court I feel strongly about. I don't know if they survive a court challenge. And I think long term, the state would have been better off had we broken up this bill. But of course, uh, having a supermajority, the new governor wanted to rush it through. It did rush through with very little debate. Uh, and considering the size of the uh, of the changes, it was just stunning. There was not more debate. There were not more Jim Wooten, so to speak, out there that asked the tough questions. And I think that lack of debate is uh, going to show up over the next couple of years as they begin to try to implement all of this. Yeah, I think, again, uh, give her credit for getting it done. I'll I'll give her legislative success. You you can't argue against that. But the policy success, I'm reminded back when Bill Clinton uh, passed the crime bill. Mm -hmm. And there were a lot of good things in the crime bill. But one of the things it did was it overly incarcerated a lot of blacks uh, and for for really, really increased. Yeah. uh, Unintended consequences. Unintended consequences. And that's the problem you have with legislation. She's got to watch the unintended consequences. One of the things that worries me, Rex, and it's only a worry. And again, Implementation hadn't started. But the example you look at, and there's a lot of influence in Arizona and Arkansas these days, but 80% of the vouchers uh, in Arizona are going to kids that are already in private schools. Less than one or less than two percent are going to kids in failing public school districts. And the majority of, of the of the vouchers are going 
to a large numbers to people who live in high income zip codes. Mm-hmm. So the real question is, is it educational reform or is it a tax cut? Mm-hmm. That that is that is a great question. And, and I, again, I think there are going to be a lot of questions as we go forward, uh, not only on education, but also on prisons, on doing away with parole in many instances. Um, the income tax cut we knew was coming. Um, I, I don't see any problems there, certainly. Uh, not, not anything I opposed, although I will mention one thing. Not surprised, but I think this ought to be pointed out. I did not hear, Skip, and maybe I missed it, but I did not hear our new governor or a single legislator say, thank you, Asa Hutchinson, for leaving us more than a billion, with a B, dollar surplus, which made all this possible and made our job easy. That and a thank you to the American Rescue Mm -hmm. Relief Act, which also left a lot of money to be used for a lot of things. So you look at President Biden and you look at Governor Hutchinson and you're right on Governor Hutchinson. They deserve, uh, they they left some pretty good financial numbers ahead. But Rex, when you talk about the prisons, and I understand that prisons are an issue that bring people to their feet, but not necessarily always to their senses. Because what you have in this prison thing and you're talking about $471 million to build one, and Lord knows in 30-something million a year, probably more to operate them. Mm-hmm. Rex, it's going to create 3,000 beds. Yep. Okay. We got a, Right now in the state prison system, we're, we've got 1,000 more prisoners than we have beds. We've got 2,000 state inmates in county jails. 1,000 plus 2,000 equals 3,000. Before you get tough on pardons and paroles and, and, and so the 3,000 beds are going to be gone under these prison standards as soon as this prison's built and probably then some. Our prison population, mm-hmm. our prison population, last number I saw was 15,650, something like that. That would make it the 28th largest city in Arkansas, just between Salem Springs and Marion. Wow, that's interesting. Now, that's a lot of people. So you can imagine the next time you go to the Sultana Museum in Marion, or the next time you visit Salem Springs, or in our hometowns of Arkadelphia and Batesville, they're long past them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the whole town would be incarcerated. Yeah, yeah. Now, the other thing, and I, and I said the challenges are going to be in the implementation of all of this, and it's not just education. Back to the prisons. We've got, thankfully for our economy, but we've got record low unemployment in Arkansas right now. We have beds right now at the Tucker unit, but they can't hire right. enough guards and other employees. Those are not good paying jobs, to be honest with you. In an era of low unemployment, in an era when people are leaving the Delta, where, of course, Tucker Prison Farm is located, they can't find employees, Skip, and it's going to take hundreds of of employees to staff a three hundred a three thousand bed prison. You bet. Uh, Where are they what, coming from? Well, well, uh, the answer is I don't know. But 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 whether that's one prison or two prisons or three prisons, you know. But but if you look at it, Rex, um, 
people view these prisons as economic development initiatives. And in the Delta, you look, I mean, you, you see a prison expansion in Batesville. You've seen one in Forest City. I mean, you've got Pine Bluff. you got, you know, this may, we have Calico Rock. Mm-hmm. This may be the time, uh, staffing-wise, that this should go to Northwest Arkansas. Mm-hmm. This may be the time where the new prison should be in Northwest Arkansas. That's going to make your friends up there real happy. It's going to make them real <laughs> nervous when they say yeah. about it. But yeah. I'm just saying that in terms of operating a prison yeah. efficiently and effectively, uh-huh. you know, what we do is where we the put, people are, where, where the jobs are. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I'm not if you want to spread them out statewide rather than concentrate it just in the impoverished area, uh, maybe they ought to take a look at that. Interesting. All right. We hit on the state level. Let's move to national politics for just a moment, because another development, we mentioned Asa Hutchinson, as he announced that he's running for president. And uh, I go back and I say, boy, we, we produce a lot of presidential candidates, don't we, for such a small state? But Asa is kind of looking for that middle ground, maybe as uh, uh, Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis uh have a cage steel death match, as I would call it, that maybe he sees an opening that he can sneak through as the pragmatic, old-style, Reagan-style Republican. Speaking personally, and and you and I have uh, covered and watched and you've been involved in a, a number of presidential campaigns, I don't know that he can raise the money to hang on for a long time, but I will say... I'm glad he is out there speaking that traditional pub, uh, traditional Republican line, being the pragmatist, trying to bring the party back to its senses after being dominated by Trump for the last few years. Well, uh, I agree with you. I, I, I also think, quite frankly, uh, just in terms of civics education, it's good for the state to have somebody run for president. It's good to have the focus on the state. He's going to announce uh, in his hometown on the town square in in Bentonville. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think, quite frankly, when you look at him, uh, particularly now, uh, and the way he is speaking out, uh, particularly taking on Trump, which unfortunately DeSantis has done with a few little ads, but not much. And Mike Pence throws his head up and then goes back down, kind of like the groundhog that, you know, yeah. just he kind of sticks his head out and then gets scared and goes back under. Asa's been pretty consistent in this. I am not for Trump, and I don't think Trump ought to be the nominee, and we can do better than this. Now, whether that message will fly or not, I don't know, but there's a lane. I, there, There is a lane. I think it's very narrow. I think John Brummett's written about that some, and we both agree it's very narrow. But maybe he can get in there and sustain this. If not, I wrote a recent Sunday column hearkening back to something as you were close to Bill Clinton. You'll well remember the old Democratic Leadership Council and, and, and where DLC came along as uh, – you know, they they got tired of uh, getting their brains beat out, uh, you know, starting back with, with George McGovern, with the liberal candidates. And there was a move by moderates to bring the party back to the center. Bill Clinton chaired the DLC back in the late 80s. That helped his national 
profile really opened the door for him to win the nomination, of course, and later the presidency in 92. And my thinking in that column was, you know, the Democrats were falling off the left end and saying we need to bring it back to the center. Now we have the Republicans falling off the right end and saying we need to bring it back to the center. And I think there's there is a need for a Republican organization to be to the GOP, what the DLC was to the Democratic Party. And even if his presidential campaign does not result in a nomination, Asa Hutchinson seems like the perfect person to run such an organization to me. And, you know, we talk about Asa and his lane. And again, as you know, I have some very uh, strong policy differences with Mm -hmm. Governor Hutchinson. Um, But as a human being, I think he's a very decent, honorable guy. And as governor, I think he kept the tradition that when Rockefeller Absolutely. started and he governed in the middle, despite our policy differences, I do think there's there there is there is a lane. I will say this, Rex. I keep thinking back to the day I went to went out to the governor's mansion in 1991 and Bill Clinton said to me and to the few that were in the room, uh, I'm thinking about running for president. And I said, my gosh, you don't have a chance. Uh, there's no way you can do this. Uh, uh, Mario Cuomo is going to get the Democratic nomination. You're a small town, small state governor, can't raise the money. Cuomo, And even if you do, George Bush, is it 90 percent? I, I was going to say, uh, you know, I, I remember standing out there on the lawn on October the 3rd of 91 for the announcement at the old state house. And thinking, uh, well, this is kind of neat for Arkansas, but winning the Democratic nomination means nothing because George H.W. Bush's uh, popularity is so high. It was at that point. And it was. And and, and if you go go back and remember, uh, and again, every campaign is different, but you go back and remember, it was like, well, I don't know how long. There's a lane for Bill Clinton, but. You know, I don't know how long and I don't know how much money he can raise from yeah. Arkansas. And, I, I, you know, maybe there's a niche here. But, you know, Cuomo, there's no way Cuomo's going to lose a nomination at the time. Nobody ever thought he would. And there's no way you can beat George Bush at the time. Nobody ever thought. Uh-huh. So you know, politics is about timing. We don't know what's going to happen to Trump. I mean, right now. Uh, he's riding a little high based on the indictments. But, Rex, there's a lot more legal stuff coming down oh, the road. Oh, there really is. And, um, and and it's more than just a New York prosecutor. Oh, no. this The Georgia stuff is where I think the really uh, and, significant law-breaking, And if I you don't will, know whether was. you followed it or not. I mean, DeSantis certainly is a Trump alternative, but he, his candidacy doesn't seem to have— he, he can't quite find his footing. He's spending more time attacking Mickey Mouse than he is anything else. And you want to think, really? Are yeah. you kidding? You think, why are you, why are you going after Mickey Mouse? Yeah. Yeah. We'll be back with more of the Southern Fried Podcast. But first, this break. Hi, Rex Nelson here. Thanks for listening so far. A lot of the topics we cover here on the Southern Fried Podcast and many more can be found on the pages of the Democrat Gazette. If you'd like to support this great newspaper's commitment to bringing you the latest in Arkansas news, sports, and entertainment, consider subscribing to the Democrat Gazette today. With your subscription, you'll get a digital edition of the newspaper every morning along with the latest news and updates 
updates delivered to you on an iPad provided at no extra cost. You'll also get the same award-winning journalism you've come to expect from the Democrat Gazette, including my three weekly columns, plus exclusive photo galleries, videos, articles, and digital extras all in the palm of your hand. As a bonus, we're offering a limited-time deal to our podcast listeners. To take advantage of this exclusive offer, click the link in the description or go to ArkansasOnline.com forward slash podcast 23. Welcome back to the Southern Fried Podcast, a production of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette. Let me let me change for our last few minutes and change the subject um, back to something I love writing about more than I like writing about politics these days, and that's the economic and community development around Arkansas. Our legislative session, in my opinion, was totally dysfunctional. But the good news is the Arkansas economy seems to be doing well right now, and there are some really exciting things going on around the state. And I tell you, what's happening in the private sector, what's happening thanks to the federal government, what's happening uh, with civic and business leaders, that's all bigger than state government as far as the future of Arkansas. I just returned as we tape this from – Two days in Fort Smith. Um, most of our listeners probably read about this fighter mission that's coming in. Well, it's going to be F-16s, but also F-35s, which are kind of the new thing for American allies from around the world that will be coming to Fort Smith. They have estimated that will have the economic impact of about a billion dollars on Fort Smith, I had some sources tell me that it may be far north of that. Uh, I think this mission skip could really, from an economic standpoint, the jobs it brings in, and then the multiplier effect as those people shop in uh, local retailers, as they attend school there, as they raise their families there. I think we have seen perhaps something that will help transform that whole part of West Arkansas. Rex, I think you may be right, and you know more about this than I do, uh, though my daughter and uh, son-in-law live in Singapore, and um, clearly there are a lot of resources in Singapore. Oh, yeah, and, and they're going to bring their they're going to bring a lot F-16. Of, that's right whole mission training there. They're going to build their own facilities, have their own hangars. Now, on the F-35 level, those are going to be all kinds of American allies. Uh, We've got not only Singapore for F-35s, but we've already got Poland that is committed to come in. Germany's going to come in. Sweden, I understand, is going to come in. Uh, There are about 20 allies that will send all of their not only pilots, but the rest of their crews, their technicians even for these planes, all that is going to be based in Fort Smith, Arkansas, to train all our allies from all over the world. I'm told it could be a mission that lasts as long as the next 30 to 40 years. And because of that long-term mission and the size of it, and again, I'm told we're looking at at least 600 new full-time jobs. Those are people who are going to be moving their families there, so several thousand new residents for the Fort Smith area. 
it is the equivalent, Skip, of a major automobile assembly plant, which Lord knows how long we've been trying to get one of those in Arkansas. Yeah, and, and Rex, I think what other uh, the other big impact about this is that Fort Smith is is reemerging. It used to be it kind of sunk. It's now reemerging. I think is sort of the epicenter of Western Arkansas and Eastern Oklahoma, mm-hmm. and uh, that, I think that's good. You've got the tourism attractions of the Marshall Museum. You've got the the historical. There's, there's not a there's a very historical city there, and then you've got the river there. So you've got a lot of and, and pretty downtown and some pretty strong leadership. And out at the old Fort Chaffee, yeah. Uh, I drove around there, Skip, and I was blown away. I mean, it was like northwest Arkansas in looking at the housing developments that are going up, at the apartments that are going up. And I'm uh, glad. The Arkansas Colleges of Health Education keep I'm glad. adding on. I'm glad. And, and, and they told me, in addition to this new mission, in addition to the Marshalls Museum, which is going to be a national attraction about to open, that Chaffee is one of the lead places in the country that you can point to and say after base closing BRAC as it's commonly known this is one of the most successful efforts to take a former base and transform it into something in the private sector well and i think the most interesting thing about it is is that you and i've had conversations before and we start talking about three economic bases we start talking about central arkansas we start talking about jonesboro paragould and we start talking about northwest when we talk about northwest we're talking about Fayetteville, springdale yeah Rogers, washington and benton yeah, counties yeah. yeah but now now there's a fourth you can add four there, there's always been one it's mm-hmm. just never it's been sleeping, and it's had its challenges, but now it's coming back. I think the next thing, uh, and I hope it does, I, I, I'm hopeful that the next big economic resurgence that we see, and it's trying, and my friend Cliff Chitwood is really working hard on it, it, it it's Blyville. And, 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 and along that, that the Blyville, Osceola, Steele, Wilson, Marion, Corridor up in there, I think that could be number five. Well, I, I think you could be right. Um, I uh, Just a couple of weeks ago, I haven't even written the column yet as we tape this, but uh, went up and um, had lunch with our old friend Todd Shields, the new chancellor yeah. at ASU Jonesboro. And Todd told me, uh, with all the growth in Jonesboro, now with the steel coming there, He says this area, and I thought this was real interesting. I'm definitely going to use the quote in the column. This area kind of reminds me of Fayetteville 20 years ago. Well, when I, I got that, and, and, you, you think you're on the precipice of something big, and he thinks Northeast Arkansas is on the precipice of something big. Well, and 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 I will tell you that Arkansas State give Chuck Welch credit bringing in someone like Todd Shields. And I know you've worked closely with him in the Clinton School and others, but he's he's an academic superstar. Well, he is, and he will he will he will do great work at at, at ASU. But I, I think we also have got to remember one of the areas I want to focus on, and I think one of the things that, we, that, that that's being forgotten, and one of, it's an interesting development, the new partnership that the Murphys of in, in El Dorado and UAMS about the medical care at South Arkansas Hospital in El Dorado. Mm-hmm. I, I really think that that uh, the Murphys are doing some great stuff, the family uh, in El Dorado. South Arkansas needs uh, attention. Yeah. And, and I think uh, it, it, to me, is uh, that needs attention. And I will say, again, at the risk of being politically incorrect, is that 
I think go forward Pine Bluff, what they've tried to do there. I know some people are opposed to it. If I were lived in Pine Bluff, I'd vote for it. Amen. You got Amen. you got to support yourself, and I hope it passes. Let me go back to South Arkansas before we finish up. Um, you know, as you know, I'm from the south half of the state and got a heart for that. We talk about Fort Smith about to take off again, perhaps northeast Arkansas about to take off. Let's go down to South Arkansas and talk about a couple of other, other things that are happening. The same things that are spurring the what is going to be the success, no doubt, of this training mission, and that is increased belligerence by Russia, increased belligerence by China, is also spurring the defense industry in South Arkansas. They are now in the Camden area employing more than 3,000 people and hundreds of jobs are available right now if they had anywhere to house them down there, Skip. So that's another, when I say I'm pretty bullish on the Arkansas economy, that's another area. Now, add to that, and I've written about this, but I'm about to do some more. Add to that the current testing that is going on to see if we can take that brine, which has long been a byproduct of the oil and gas industry in South Arkansas, most of which we've just injected back into the ground, and pull lithium out of it, which we're going to need for electric vehicle batteries in the years ahead. The Chinese control the lithium market now, and so there's a big move for American lithium. And I'm told I'm going down next week, actually, and uh, do a story on that. I'm going to be accompanied by Trey Berry, the president of Southern Arkansas University. But I'm told if that works, let's keep our fingers crossed as our cans and skip. That could be the equivalent of what the 1920s oil boom was yeah, in South Arkansas. And, and, I, and I, what I'm so saying is such a need for lithium. Right. There is. And, and I would just I've always said because of my role in the Children's Hospital Board and others, the medical component is essential for, for good economic. Jonesboro has strong medical. Fort Smith, Northwest Arkansas, yep. Little Rock. No, that's another bright spot in South and Arkansas. And I think that, but the thing, a couple of things I want to say is, Rex, let's don't overlook with all the stuff is that remember, in hopefully 2025, we'll be opening a new dental and vet school right not far from where you and I are recording this broadcast. Yeah, back here in Central Arkansas. Several hundred yeah. people will be living, working, going to school in downtown Little Rock, that's going to be a big deal. That's, yeah. that's going to be a very big deal, adding the culture of life uh, to our city. And and if you want to see another big driver, I've been telling people of the future of the central Arkansas economy, again, that will make you bullish on the future of Arkansas. Go east out of Little Rock, just a few miles, get right outside the edge of north Little Rock, take the Galloway exit, there where all the truck stops are, go over to old Highway 70 and take a left. You're going to see that giant Amazon facility, but then drive a few more miles and you're going to see hundreds of acres being cleared for warehouses, for logistics, for distribution. Uh, as Lowe's comes in there, as Dollar General comes in there, the land's already being cleared. It's work now. They're massive sites, Skip. And that's going to be hundreds, if not thousands, of new jobs for Central Arkansas just in the area of logistics and distribution. And that gets back, Rex, to the fact that we're going to have to have a trained workforce. I mm -hmm. think Sarah Huckabee Sanders recognizes that. We're going to have a we need to have a highly educated workforce. Do you realize that the, on the national average, people start school in four years? 
only 41% complete their education in four. I remember when I went to college, I know it's the old days. My mom and dad said, you got four years. Yeah. Get it done. And, and um, only 41% nationally, I'm sure Arkansas is lower. Yeah. So we've got some work to do. Yeah. We've got some work to do. We do. We do. But again, Northwest Arkansas, that boom gets bigger. Fort Smith, we talked about. Northeast Arkansas, we talked about. Central Arkansas with logistics, distribution, everything else that's going on. South Arkansas, we talked about defense industry and lithium. I think we are at a point in our state's history where if we play our cards right, and I don't know that we will, but if we play our cards right, we could see a very, very good next 10 to 20 years for the Arkansas economy. And add to that, Rex, back to our original discussion on taxes. Your boss, the father of the uh, current governor whose portrait she sees every day, uh, his one-eighth cent tax on for parks and tourism, game and fish, keep Arkansas beautiful, which passed by about 8,000 votes, has generated over $1.5 billion. Mm-hmm. And what it's done to transform Arkansas parks is transforming. So the work that Brian Sanders and others are doing, they're riding the wave of the great work uh, that that was done. Uh, Arkansas has invested in its parks and will continue to. It's not. It's like Fort Smith, forty years, or this. This yeah. is going to be a. This is a big economic driver too, because quality of life issues. Ask Bentonville Absolutely. are very important. Absolutely. I was at the annual meeting of the Arkansas Historical Association last week at the DeGray Lodge and Skip. It was packed not only with historians, but that parking lot was full of Texas license plates, and it made me smile. It and, should uh, make you smile because you worked hard on that. Plus, you're in your home area. <laughs> exactly. But, but, but you I mean, they on, were packed to the gills, yeah. the, the lodge. And I, don't, I think we underestimate and people. We, we're the natural state, and it's a pretty state. But let me tell you, you got to have infrastructure, whether it be in economic development, education, or tourism. And the infrastructure that that one-eighth cent tax uh, has provided, is providing, and will provide uh, is essential to do things like keep DeGray strong. Yeah. I uh, I will close with this because you set me up. We, we were talking about Fort Smith. The Air Force colonel who is in charge for the of the planning of that new mission uh, likes to camp, likes to cycle, likes to get out. This is his 13th post. He's lived in 13 different places in his Air Force career, been all over the country, and told me unsolicited, Skip, because I, I used this line, but I was glad to hear somebody verify it. He said, Arkansas – has the best system of state parks in America. Yes. It, he had been up to Mount Magazine Lodge. He said it's what you'd expect to find in a national park. And and and, and give a lot of credit where credit's due. So a great deal of that credit, Rex, belongs to the longtime director, Richard Davies, mm-hmm. who had the vision for all this. He's the one that went in and sat down with Mike Huckabee and said, don't fight us on this tax. And Mike Huckabee says, not only am I not going to fight you, I want to be supportive of it. Yeah, yeah. But Richard, and then Governor Huckabee, I, I mean, again, I'm biased since I was working for him at the time, but he was the closer then. He closed the deal with the voters. Well, he, the closed, he closed the deal, and, and, and the first lady, uh, you know, kayak down Absolutely. the Arkansas River, jet ski down the Arkansas <laughs> River. But I, I will say this, that that it goes to prove that investment does make a difference. It does. 
it makes a difference. And um, and I'm glad to see Lyon College investing in a dental school and vet school. I'm glad to see the U.S. military investing in a training facility in Fort Smith. I'm glad to see Parks and uh, the one eight cent investing in Parks Steel Industry investing in Blyville. Uh, the defense industry investing in Camden, it makes a difference. All right. I'll close by saying this so you don't have to skip. Despite what I consider a totally dysfunctional state legislature, I'm bullish on the future of Arkansas because economically there's a lot of good things going and I on. Want, and, and I want to say that you extend best wishes to the traveling Trumpet. <laughs> All right, Skip. Thanks so much. Skip Rutherford, Dita Meredith of the Clinton School of Public Service and the original political animal, our guests. Thank you for joining us for another edition of the Southern Fried Podcast, a production of the Arkansas Democrat Gazette.